0: Please be seated. The church at Corinth was, we can gather, a mess. Paul's first letter to that church, part of which we read this morning, is responding to a pastoral crisis in that nascent community. The people of the church of Corinth got the message that they are all supposed to have gifts before God. But now they are abusing those gifts, boasting about them, refusing to share them, looking down their noses at the gifts of their neighbors. They are hell-bent on seeking personal recognition and higher positions in their church. They are acting prideful and scornful, Members of the community were casting aspersions on one another, trying to outdo each other, straying to false gods, arguing the orthodoxy of doctrine. Thank goodness that the Corinthians figured all that out 2,000 years ago so that we no longer have to deal with such petty nonsense in our own communities of faith said the preacher, dripping with sarcasm. (laughs) To talk about this 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love passage, in light of the statement by the Anglican primates two weeks ago is low-hanging fruit. This is an easy scriptural hand grenade to lob at those who would like to chase us with proof texts on how utterly heathen we American Episcopalians have begun. Love. Boom. (laughs) But, although tossing a love bomb into Lambeth Palace might help us feel really good and deliciously biblically self-righteous for a change, (laughs) I would argue that it is counter to the whole point of the chapter, maybe even the whole letter, Love, after all, is patient and kind. Love does not delight in the wrongness of others. Love recognizes that community needs community. Love, I believe, holds the line, continues to do the good work that it has been given to do, and continues to make sure there is an open place at the table for anyone, anyone that needs to sit down. And so, I am not going to talk about 1 Corinthians 13 in light of the statement of the Anglican primates two weeks ago. We have way too much other work to do to get trapped for too long in that spin cycle. So. Let's bring it closer to home. Because the mess that bound up the Corinthian church is everywhere, isn't it? Corinthian bickering shows up everywhere that we, either as individuals or in groups, decide that our needs trump those of others. That our gifts are more valuable than someone else's. Corinthian bickering shows up whenever we forget who we are. That is, people created by God for something better. People created by love for love. The church at Corinth was having a hard time staying together. They were fractured and broken. They were divided and fighting. They each valued their own opinions over the health of the community. Unity was not as important as individual recognition. Mutual respect was trampled under the feet of entitlement. And Paul says to the church at Corinth and to the church throughout the ages, enough is enough. Love, says Paul, Is not a pretty poem to needlepoint on a pillow. Love is busy. Love never rests. Love is always looking for the good in others and looking for the good for others. Paul's love is always in action, comforting, helping, welcoming, uplifting, proclaiming, and yes, even sometimes fighting for our brothers and sisters. In our city, in our world, in our homes, love and division cannot live side by side. And so it is our job to make sure that love is stronger. This is also true of love and discrimination, of love and entitlement, of love and ignorance. Love cannot live behind a closed, locked door or inside a closed, locked heart. And so we unlock those doors. We unlock our hearts. We know a little bit about this at All Saints, don't we? If you aren't sure what I'm talking about, then I wish you could have been with me Yesterday, on that beautiful afternoon when I ran into one of our parishioners on the streets of downtown Decatur, a longtime volunteer with our refugee ministries, she told me excitedly about a few children she had been working with recently who were catching up to grade level in their schoolwork, that were getting admitted into special programs for refugee children. She was so proud of these kids. But at no point in our conversation did she mention that the reason these kids were getting that first-class education was due to her own Herculean efforts and the efforts of the others, the tutors and companions in our program, our swimming buddies, our tutors, our apartment fillers and our grocery shoppers and our ESL teachers, our parishioners, that understand that sometimes friendship is the missing piece that will make a successful start at a new life possible for families from violent war-filled backgrounds this is the work of the church this is the work of the people of god This is how we base a life in love. This is how we grow a community in love. This is how we build a kingdom in love. Through his letter to the Corinthians, Paul is reminding us that the love of God is always here among us. But it is up to us to choose to follow love not our own wills. That we must boast of love, not our own achievements. That we must rely on love, not our own skills. To belong to God's church in Corinth and indeed in the rest of the world is to be an agent and willing recipient of God's love in the world. Not seeking our own advantage, but working on behalf of the body. Love is a tall order. Love is hard work. But it is our work. It is gospel work. I want to close today with a word from Paul that, becomes, that comes from right after today's reading. Our reading from this morning ends with the end of chapter 13. Chapter 14 begins with pursue love. If we accept 1 Corinthians 13 as a definition of love that we believe belongs in the life of our community, then we are commanded, commanded by Paul in the next chapter and by Christ to leave this place and pursue it. We are to make love our noun and our verb, our life's work, our breath, and our being. Amen.